0: Everybody, and welcome to Pod Ever After, a Once Upon a Time rewatch podcast. I'm Alana. I'm Tessa. And today we are finishing season two, um, and we also have a little announcement, which is that sadly this is going to be the last episode of Pod Ever After um, for a few reasons. Uh, one of which is every time <laughs> I would text <laughs> Tessa and be like, hey, Tessa, we're supposed to post next week, she'd be like, uh, and I would also be like, uh, I know I don't really want to spend two hours of my increasingly busy life watching Once Upon a Time. <laughs> um, so that was kind of a uh, part of it. Um, we both also, Tessa's still in school, which I know is super, can be super overwhelming, and I just have other projects that I'm working on, uh, which we can talk about later, but uh,
1: sadly, that's just... The way it is. feel the the... <laughs> be like that sometimes. I, I remember when we <laughs> first started this, I was like, will we make it to season six? And then I, I kind of knew that we wouldn't, but I think we, we made it farther than I expected to. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's hard to
0: do something bi weekly when you're doing and other things, and you know we were both moving on to different shows, and different points in our lives, and it was just kind of, like, it didn't really feel like, like, I know people are listening to it, but it still doesn't feel like we have enough of an audience that I'm like,
1: we gotta keep doing it for the fans, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, like, if you enjoy listening to us scream about various things, like, just hit us up. We can scream. We can become friends. Um... But I think eventually, before we die, um, and we free up a little more, I would want to do a podcast with Alana about like writing and fandom and stuff like that. Um, who knows what that would entail? Who knows when it would happen? But I do know that I love Alana and I love podcasting. So if you're not, yeah, <laughs> if you don't plan on dying within the next 50 years, um, keep an eye out for that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's been super fun, and I really did want to do it initially because the show was ending, Um, and also, like, I had other ideas for podcasts in mind, and I was like, this is a pretty simple format, I can learn how to use Audacity and um, just mess around with that a little bit, so that was another big reason we started doing it, but I hope that for the brief time we were in your ear holes (laughs) that that you... <laughs> that you enjoyed it. Um but like Tessa said, I don't think I'll ever stop having strong opinions about anything. So if indeed one day you are rewatching Once Upon a Time and you're like, This is really fucking dumb. I want someone to I want to commiserate with someone who also thinks it's dumb, I don't think there'll ever be a point in time where you wouldn't be able to message me and be like, Hey Alana, do you remember this thing Once Upon a Time? And I'll be like, Hell yeah I do and get really mad about it. So if you're ever looking for that, I'm your I'm your gal. I'm your gal, too. <laughs> um, but I, I- I guess we can- we can go into- we're gonna finish season two, which is- we were really excited about. It. We were like, oh, we're gonna start season three, and season three is gonna be good. But it also seems like a really appropriate time to end- if we're gonna end the podcast to end it when we end a season, so.
1: And, like, um. I feel like m- most of the people who listen are Captain Swan fans, and, like, Happens when people have rewatched season three through five enough times that they know what happens. We all know what happens in season three.
0: <laughs> yeah, true. Um, although I'm sure there'd be things there's so much I don't remember that I'm sure if I rewatched it I would find new things to be like, What the fuck about? Um Well yeah. But what? Yeah, but f- but for now we're gonna we're gonna call it a day. Um, but before we go, we'll we'll finish out these two episodes, which <laughs> neither of us wanted to watch, and then had to post. We're also posting this late. Like we were supposed to post this like two weeks ago on a Sunday or something, and then we were like, oh, we'll do it the other day. We we're gonna do it, and then something happened and then we postponed it again, and it was like okay. Uh, <laughs> But here we are! We're, but here we are, we made it. We made it to both of us finally having a day off. Um, so, Tessa, do you want to
1: you wanna tell us what happens in a uh, second to last episode of season two? Alright. It's called Second Start of the Right. Which I feel like is a... I don't know, I feel like either you and I have talked about this or have we talked about this in a different episode. But, like, that's not... What they say in the original book. And Disney fucked yeah, it up. we have about this. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway. So, in the Enchanted... Well, um... So, what was... I guess... I have in my notes, in the Enchanted force, but it's not the Enchanted force. It's in England, circa... 1900. Uh, Neil finds the Darling family and tries to teach an overeager Wendy about the dangers of magic. And she's like, Come, let's go to Neverland. And he's like, Wendy, what the fuck are you doing? Um, but instead of her being kidnapped, she is... No, he is kidnapped. Oh my god, I'm on drugs. Also, the shadow of Peter Pan (laughs) is sexist. Um, he he doesn't want to collect the lost children. He wants to collect the lost boys, so fuck that shit. Um, meanwhile, Emma searches for Regina... And they discover that Emma was right all along, that Tamara and Greg were shitty assholes. Also, Neil gets shot.
0: No. (laughs) Emma was right this whole time? Shocking.
1: But also, Neil gets shot.
0: I feel like that's... You know what's super annoying that I just realized with the whole, like, the whole storyline of everyone making Emma feel like she's crazy for thinking Tamara is a suspect? Is that they show us pretty early on that Tamara is the villain, so we know that Emma is right, because we know that, like, there's no suspicion, like, if, if they also kept the audience in suspense as to whether or not Emma was right, like, we might be able to commiserate with the other characters more, but we know that she's right. There's, like, no doubt in our minds that she's right, so I feel like that makes it ten times more frustrating to watch. It's because it's not a mystery to the audience, like, we know
1: she's right. Ugh. I just... Whatever. Hashtag, Emma deserves better 2K18. Yes, it's a good hashtag. Huh. So, we're to... We're to start with this. we to begin. <laughs> um. Um. Oh. I, I guess I'll start out with Neil... Like, all the... Um. All the references we have to, like, sex in this show come from people that I don't want to hear about sex from, like Regina and, like, Cora, but this episode starts out with, like, Tamara's getting up, and Neil's still in bed, and he's like, she's like, I gotta go work out, and he's like, well, come to bed and I'll give you a workout, and I'm like, (laughs) ewwwww!
0: I, like, didn't – don't care about their relationship. Like, why do we get – because, like, I feel like everyone always talks about how they're really desperate for kind of mundane domestic scenes with characters that we normally see in very, like, high-stress dramatic scenes, and, like, this is one of those things where, like, oh, this is a really nice scene, but it's with two characters that I can give less of a fuck about who are both going to become irrelevant in, you know – 45 very minutes very soon <laughs> yeah so like why why do we get this and not something with Emma and Henry or like Emma and David or Emma and Killian or like um uh, I'm trying to think of I feel like most of my comments on this are like stupid um Snow is condescending again because there's more of um Emma being like I really think that Tamara is suspicious and there's something going on and we should dig deeper on this and everyone being like Emma, are you sure it's not because you're, like, still in love with Neil and that means you
1: can't use your brain? <laughs> uh, um. I just, I feel like for Snow White, she just feels like a lot of issues have to deal with, like, love. Like, mm-hmm. the whole story revolves around the instance that she ruined Regina's love life and then Regina tries to ruin Snow's love life and her love for her daughter and remove love out of everyone's lives. And then, so when Emma seems to have an issue, she's like, Emma, don't, don't let love ruin your chances and make you think all funny. And Emma's like, you know what? Not everything has to do with wanting to make out with someone. Just a thought. Ugh.
0: Um, I really like, in this episode and the next episode, as always, um, there's more of, like, watching Killian kind of stumble blindly into his redemption arc. <laughs> like, more little hints that it's happening. Um, he's talking to, um, Greg and Tamara, when he's, like, kind of helping them. And as he keeps helping them, you can tell he's kind of like, why the fuck am I doing this? Um where he asks them, like, who they're working for, and they they don't know, and they don't care, and he's like, you don't know who you're doing all these sinister things for, and he already starts to be, like, not about it anymore. Um, He also has his really funny... So Regina gets tortured in this episode, which um, I think they they kind of use this whole thing with her being tortured as a turning point in her character, I think. Um, But I personally found it kind of funny that hook seems to think that if he declines to torture someone personally but let someone else torture someone it's not the same thing (laughs) like his his decision to like not actually torture regina but to leave greg to torture regina and not stop greg from doing it when he could somehow like absolves him of his, like, guilt in this scenario, and you can tell he looks so, like, that's not something I do, and then he leaves, <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, you're still not any better for just letting it happen, but... Baby steps along. Sure. <laughs> sure thing. He, yeah, I know, he's, he's still, he is a, a new, little newborn baby in these episodes, but it, I just thought it was really funny the way, um, I guess the acting in that scene was, because he just, he does come off as super self-righteous when he declines to help and how somehow his declining to help is or his declining to torture and just letting someone else do the torturing is, you know, a real stand-up guy move. Yeah. Um, I had- Which I would say is legitimately a problematic thing and not like the other weird quote-unquote problematic hook
1: behaviors that you hear sometimes, but. What were you gonna say? Um, like, another thing about Killian, and so I had, like, kind of a tacky idea, but I think if, if there's any, if there's, if there was ever a show to be tacky in, this would be the show to do it, and they've done it. they've done weird shit like this before, but, um, I had a thought that when we see, um, Mr. and Mrs. Darling, when they come in, that they've got just some random guy playing Mr. Darling. Because he's not really all that relevant, but mm-hmm. um, historically, most of the time when you do productions of Peter Pan, the man who plays Captain Hook plays Mister Darling, um, and that has yeah, a lot yeah. of like implications about stuff and whatnot. But um, yeah, I thought like it would have been kind of cool to see Colin, I guess, carry on that tradition and dress up and be Mister Darling. Um, even if they, like, really just disguised him, I don't, see, it's kind of tacky, but I dig it. No, I, I think that would be really interesting. I think the only
0: weird thing about that would be is I think they usually do that in those productions because of Wendy, because there's, like, a weird, like, Electra complex type thing going on with that, um, but, I mean, it still does kind of make sense if you have Neil if you have the flashbacks with Neil and Hook, and if they had like one or two more scenes with Neil and Mr. Darling, so you were like comparing father figures to some extent or something like that. But I don't think I think that's an interesting thought. I don't think it would be tacky, especially with the um history of like they certainly have
1: done weirder things on the show. I was gonna but say it's a, like, it's an
0: interesting thought.
1: Like dressing Colin up as a a big fat weird drunk or whatever the fuck yeah is, like old weird <laughs> yeah mostly i'm just picturing uh, him in a nice um late 19th century suit and glasses yeah. with slicked back hair and thinking like hmm yeah yeah i support the notion
0: <laughs> yeah i'd be on board with this um I remember I I had a thought watching this, so uh, Belle is still Lacey in this episode, and um, I was kind of unsettled by the fact that there's literally no- like, everyone just seems to let her be Lacey, and I'm like, is no one, like, concerned that this girl is making decisions based on false memories and everyone knows except for her, and no one wants to do anything about this? Like, like, because this is a situation in which- She is the only one that's cursed, and everyone else is not cursed, so everyone knows the truth of what's going on, and at that point, it's like, don't you have an obligation? Because when they were all cursed, it was like, well, everyone's cursed, no, except Regina, like, no one can really do anything, so it's different, but the fact that she's the only one that's cursed, everyone else knows it, but they're just letting it continue is kind of bleh.
1: I know, well, because I feel like they- their their own problems take precedent over I don't know if precedent, sorry, but they it takes more it's more their own problems are more important than um you know, taking care of Belle. And I feel like part of it is because they're like, Oh well, she's happy with gold but like if you brainwashed me into being in love with my abuser, I'd probably be behaving the same way. Yeah, yeah. When you put it that way, it's even
0: more upsetting. <laughs> like, because that's that's basically what happens, is she gets hoodwinked into being in love with a
1: person that she historically has many problems with. And I think going against a lot of her, her own morals, too, because she's very about doing the right thing. Um, yeah. Which is sometimes her downfall, but to make her someone who so little just dis- like so little regard for the well-being of other people um, if I woke up from that I'd be horrified
0: yeah and I don't think they even really do much follow- up yep. with that like after she wakes up and it's like oh what did I do with this, as this strange person no nothing um, so that's a bummer does she get her memories back this episode or the in the finale I don't remember. Uh, I think... He it, fixes her. He... It's so funny. He gives her her memories back when he needs someone to, like, make him feel... Like, to to soothe his boo-boos. Uh, like, he doesn't do it... He doesn't do... He, like, he, he wouldn't do it otherwise, but as soon as he needs, like, a nice hug, he's like, oh, I'm gonna give you your memories back. It's perfectly in-character and terrible. Um... Once again, annoyed at the whole the Greg and Tamara, like, we know that, now we know that they're working for Peter Pan, but they make all these comments that suggest that there's this, like, large shadow or, like, anti-magic organization that's working in the world, and they have, like, really disturbing fundamentalist, like, rhetoric, where they they talk about magic being unholy, which makes them sound like a cult, and then they, they imply that magic has been doing damage in the real world, and I'm like, what kind of damage? What has it been doing? And then they never, there's no context. It's never brought up again. And I'm like, like, there has to be some pretty whacked out shit going on for there to be some shady anti-magic cult where they're willing to murder and kidnap people for it. Like, what what is the damage? <laughs> Someone tell me. It's like the Ogres were. It's like, what, what, are, what are the details surrounding Ogres War? Surrounding, <laughs> you know magic in the real world, I would really like to know so I could really understand why these characters care about it so much. It,
1: it wouldn't be an episode of Pot of Rafter if Alana wasn't screaming about the lack of detail in The Ogre's War. <laughs> I'm doing all my greatest hits. The Ogre's War! The
0: Ogre's War! I should write a really boring fic. It's just about the Ogre's War. I
1: really feel like you could make it (laughs) so interesting. Like, you could, I don't know. I, I really would love a love story in there
0: of, like... I know you would. I know! I wouldn't put a, I wouldn't put a love story, though. It would just be, like, about the economy and, uh, society and, and how wars begin. Maybe someone like a, like, you know, a World War I situation, like a kind of, like, friend's fella gets shot in the head and it sparks a, a global conflict that creates new weapons and warfare and has a devastating impact on <laughs>
1: how the world evolves. That, like, I mean, you could be like, the Ogre's Wars started when uh, a wronged knight thrusted his sword through Sir Ferdinand. <laughs> Make it a little bit like, is this is this a history book or is this a, an erotica a novel? Like keep them oh, guessing. Yeah. Anytime there's like sword thrusting, <laughs> it's hard to tell the difference. Um. <laughs> also, what's this note? Uh, okay, so I'm, I'm looking at the notes and it just says, "I killed your dad for no reason. Now feel sorry for me." Who's dad? Oh, it was when
0: Regina. It was when Regina's being tortured. Oh. And Owen Owen is asking about like. Um, where is my dad? Like, what did you do to him? And she, like, starts, cr- like, there's just this whole weird thing where they're asking us to have empathy for Regina because she's being tortured, which I'm like, torture aside, like, I don't agree with torture, I don't think it's a, a tactic that really works, but um, they want us to, like, feel bad for Regina while kind of just totally just disregarding the fact that he has a legitimate grievance against her. Like, she did murder his dad for no reason other than he wouldn't let her kidnap his son. Like, just... I mean, it's on brand. It's more Regina inconsistency. Yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> whatever. Um, I did make a comment, I was like, man, how great would it have been if they had just killed Regina in this episode and just ended our agony with the inconsistent writing and... What was me... Bullshit. Um, Emma gets hit in the head with a metal pipe and wakes up like two minutes later, which no. That wouldn't happen. Tamara like decks her over the back of the head with a pipe, and then she wakes up like just in time to help Neil. But I feel like she'd be out for a few hours. <laughs> she got hit in the head with a pipe. She's the savior, Alana. A comment. She is the savior. She maybe like the magic healed her
1: head or something. Um. There was another thing that I hated. Um, in this episode, was it, was it this one? I think, I think that, um, Neil says something about, either like to Emma or to someone where he's like, I wanted to go to jail for her, I wanted to go to jail for Emma, but I listened to August and I'm like, if you, like, shut the fuck up, that's no good now.
0: Yeah, he like kind of apologizes to her, um, and she also says I'm sorry for some reason. And I was like, "What the fuck are you saying sorry for?" Like, I couldn't tell if in like was she then, just saying sorry because she, she didn't tell him about Henry. That's what I thought. But like, you don't have to fucking apologize for that. It's none your fucking business. <sighs> like that—that that was annoying. But then, okay, so we do get to watch Neil gets shot in this episode. For those who don't remember. Tamara shoots Neil, and he falls into a portal. Before he falls into the portal, there's this whole dramatic goodbye that he and Emma have where he's, like, hanging from the the ledge, and he's about to fall in or whatever. My thing was, like, why did they make us watch Neil do this two times? Like, where he makes... Like, did they think that what Neil did actually was really bad, and so in order for us to hate him a little less, we have to watch him make these kinds of sacrifices multiple times in order to get us to believe that he really is sorry for what he did and he's a good person. Um, But I just feel like it takes away from the seriousness of the sacrifice or of the scene between them that we see it twice. Like, we have this scene in season two, and then when he... um, He makes his sacrifice next season and dies again. Um, I
1: I think it might be because it's supposed to be romantic in a way. Um, I don't think it's supposed to get us to hate him less. I think it's because people watching this at the time liked Neil. Because I remember, yeah. i, I talk to people who watched Once Upon a Time all the time, and they say, like, oh, I stopped watching around season two, because they, they didn't treat Neil right, and I'm like, what? <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think I ever liked Neil. Like, I definitely, like, hated him well, that's more I thought about you. it, but I don't think I was ever, like...
1: You just hate... What? Men. You hate men to begin with. I feel like the general audience is going to be, like... Oh my gosh! Emma should get back together with her baby daddy and they can reconcile all their issues. And, like, I feel like that... I don't know. I know that you think that Captain Swan was endgame from day one, but I really think in season two and in season three they were toying with the possibilities of maybe... Allowing Emma to end up with Neil, I think.
0: Maybe. I don't know. I really don't think so. I mean, like, this this scene I have lots of mixed feelings about because quite suddenly um, Emma crumbles and she's like, you can't leave, I love you, I need you. And I was like, this feels... Forced. Quite sudden. Like, yeah, like, I know it's, like, a dramatic moment and it's, like, you know, it's, it's a moment in which she's suddenly faced with him not being there. But, like, I mean, a few weeks before that, she didn't even know where he was. And she was fine.
1: I think it's supposed so... to be that maybe... Maybe that's what it's there for, is all the, like, Emma, maybe you should not get over your hurt feelings about Neil and your jealousy for Tamara and admit that you actually like him. And, like, even though we know that Emma's right... Maybe it's supposed to be that, like, it causes her to think that maybe she really does love Neil, after all. And that moment is the climactic moment where she reveals it to herself, to Neil, and to the audience.
0: Yeah, I think it could be read in a number of ways. I think it could be read as what you just said, which is that she, she does actually still love Neil. Or it could be, I love you, in a way that, you know, even sometimes people don't stay together, but they have children together, and, like... That's still, like, there's still a connection with that other person when you have a child together sometimes, and it's an I love you in in that kind in, like, a non-romantic way, or it's an I love you of, like, she, like, they kind of do this more next season where you can kind of tell that she is, like, saying goodbye to the person that she was when she was with him. Kind of thing, and she starts to realize that, like, she's not the same person that she was, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so, like, she thinks, because, like, a few episodes after this, like, she tells him she loves him, and he falls in the portal, and then when they're in this the cave of secrets or whatever, she's like, I was relieved that when you were dead. <laughs> so it's like, which one is it? I, I don't know. Me
1: too, bitch. I was relieved when he was dead, too. Ugh. Oh, yeah. That was nice.
0: Uh, better times. <laughs> better times. Um, so, there's a discussion, I, I have a comment in here, there, there's a discussion at some point, I guess, in this episode about them saving Regina, and, um, yet again, I think there's, like, a, someone, probably Snow, makes a comparison, makes a comparison to how they should treat Regina based on what she did to them. And, like, I think it's when they're having the discussion of, like, oh, we'll we'll just go to the Enchanted Forest and leave Regina. And Snow makes it seem like their decision to do that would be the same as what Regina did to them. And I'm like, absolutely not. (laughs) Is that the same? It's not the same thing. You making the decision to protect your family and all your subjects by leaving Regina, the person who hurt everybody and has sworn to do so again, it's not the same, (laughs) Not the
1: same. It's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> I just... Oh, boy. You know what? I'm not gonna miss um, listening to people be sympathetic for Regina. I'm oh, not yeah. gonna miss it. Because, like, I I, I... I haven't been super active in the fandom. Yeah. Even at all. And, like, so, when I was in the fandom, I was more inclined to listen to different points of view about different characters and everything. But now that I don't regularly talk to anyone who likes Neil or likes Regina, I'm just like well she can go choke. Neil can go choke. (laughs) It's like I don't have to be patient
0: with other people's opinions about this shit anymore. I know. It's like I only follow maybe three or four people that will still occasionally post something from Once Upon a Time, so, like, I'm very much in my own bubble on Once Upon a Time opinions, and at this point, I think I'm really fine with it.
1: (laughs) Wait, it's run its course with us.
0: Uh, Yeah, like, I'm just, like, it's not... I've seen so many bad takes, bad Once Upon a Time takes, and I'm like, you know what, it's not on the air anymore, I don't need to open my mind to <laughs> other bad opinions about this show right now, this juncture. Ugh. Um, do you have any more
1: comments about this, or do you want to take our break, and then we'll get to the finale? Um, here's something that you wanted me to go into just a tiny bit. Um. Oh, is that in this one? Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, I noticed that, the scene that Alana was just talking about where Emma tells Neil that she loves him and he falls into the portal and everything, it's very almost anticlimactic. Because um, it's like, we've got this big portal and it's whooshing everything around and he's hanging by a thread and then it's like, 10 seconds later, it's over. It's just very quick. And I was like, there wasn't any time to... um I don't know, like, have it have it sit in your chest. And, like, there wasn't any, like, emotional climax there. And I was comparing that to all the times that Emma and Hook get separated from each other. Um, so there's the time where, actually, I have three listed in my notes, but there's, I think there's, you could say that there's four because there's when Killian dies the first time, the second time, the elevator scene, and then I think when they have kind of like their brief separation in season six, all those scenes, when you're done watching them, you just feel like crap because there's the the music and the dialogue and Emma's crying and we see more involved um, representations of grief and suffering and loss. This right here with Neil just seems to be kind of like My baby daddy's falling through a portal. And then he falls through the portal, and then he's gone. I don't know. That's
0: kind of what I I meant by that.
1: No, yeah, I get that. I mean, to be fair,
0: when we saw the really intense Emma and Killian um, goodbyes in later seasons, I think we've seen Emma and Killian as a couple way more than we ever saw Emma and Neil as a couple. Which makes sense. Um, But... I don't know. I mean, know. for sure. I mean, because we don't like Neil, we, I think I find any interaction between Emma and Killian far more weighty and interesting but, than any
1: goodbye or scene between Emma and But Neil. I'm not super like that. I mean, like, when I watch things, again, like, I can watch a uh, Rumple and Belle moment and kind of have a, a brief second of, like, like empathy and be like, huh But... And I- and I get that a little bit, um...
0: Like, the Emma Graham scene is really nice. Yeah. Like, that- that scene is a really beautiful, devastating scene. So, like, it's- it's not that it only has to do with Killian, I just think that, like, any scene with Neil, I'm like, he's fucking wet blanket, I don't give a fuck- like, I'm just not- I don't have the emotional- <laughs> there's- just
1: nothing there when I s- see them interact. I'm like, okay. <sighs> anyway. Rest in fucking peace, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> ah,
0: excellent. Okay, I think that's a good spot to to take our break, okay. and we'll be uh, right back with with the finale. <laughs>
1: Boy. And we're back! Uh, this is Alana still. And Tessa, for the last time.
0: <laughs> I will never be Tessa again after this. Um, <laughs> we are back to talk about the finale of season two. Um. Straight on till morning. Uh, so. What happens in the finale of season two? In the season finale, um, <laughs> Killian's redemption arc begins with a flashback to Neverland with a young Neal. Uh, Storybrooke is almost destroyed, but is saved at the last minute with Regina's sacrifice and Emma's help. Um, I put sacrifice in quotes because nothing actually happens to her, per usual. Um, Henry is kidnapped by Greg and Tamara. Um, Hook returns with a magic bean he stole because he's smart enough to know that saving Regina is not worth their lives. Uh, the team travels to Neverland to save Henry, um, and season two ends. Yes, there's a lot in my notes about how excited I am for season three, and this was before we decided that we were going to finish the podcast, and it's really funny, because I'm like, oh, thank God, it's the end, and it's like, it is the end. It's actually the end.
1: Aw. Um, <laughs> One of my notes, I don't have a lot of notes, but my last note just says, OMG, when we get to 3.05, and I see Lieutenant Jones, I'm going to bust a nut.
0: Yeah, super classy. <laughs> Interesting comment, Tessa. <laughs> Who I'm them? just saying because if I, you knew that was good, if you knew that was gonna be your last note for this podcast, <laughs> I would hope it would be something different.
1: I can't, I can't help it because I thought I was like, oh my gosh, and like, you know, a month and a half we're gonna be on 305, and it's gonna be Lieutenant Jones, and he's gonna have his little ponytail. So if you I'm wanna. Make
0: I'm gonna make a photoshop and I'm gonna post it with this episode of a of a tombstone and it's gonna say the end of Pot Ever After and it's gonna have Tessa's name on it and it's just gonna say <laughs> Oh my god, when we get to 305 and I see the Ted Jones, I'm gonna bust it nut. <laughs>
1: That's cruel Oh uh, Alana's mean petition to have her removed. Oh, so
0: funny. Okay. Because Tessa doesn't have many notes for this episode, but the ones she does have are pretty great.
1: (laughs) Um. Okay. Start us out, friend. (laughs)
0: Um. Killian's talking to Regina at some point in this episode. I think. And I think she, is it her asking? She asks him if he's willing to die for, oh no, I think maybe it's Gregor Tamara asking if, like, he's willing to die for his quest and he, like, hesitates and doesn't answer right away. Um, which was really, really good. I just love all his little, like, hesitating moments and you can kind of tell he's like, what the fuck am I doing right now? And it's a good lead up to next season, like, it makes all his... Decision-making next season makes sense when you think about what happens at the end of the season here. Um, Emma threatens to shoot someone in the face, which I thought was really funny. Oh, no, David says that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: Dave punches Killian, and um, he says, like, yeah, and if, you know, Hook does anything, I'll just shoot him in the face. And I thought it was really funny, like, burst out laughing. Um,
1: Isn't that the scene where Hook walks in? David turns yeah. around and just socks him.
0: He clocks him right in the face, yeah. Good punch. It's a good hit. <laughs> um. Ugh.
1: Killian looks really hot in those flashbacks. He does. With also, Neil. I really think that if they had chosen to have um, Neil stay with Killian instead of... Uh-huh. I feel like that would have been so much more interesting. Mm-hmm. Because it could have... I mean, imagine how, like, you would just stab Rumpel and turn the knife. If, like, Hook was a was a better father to Neil than Rumpel ever was.
0: Yeah. And, like, I feel like
1: a lot of people would be like, oh, well, Hook stole Neil and Mila. And he's a horrible person. But at the same time, I feel like... Neil wouldn't have nearly as much of his shit. And... He would... He might not have done the crap to Emma that he did if Killian had raised him. I mean, I don't even know if, if uh, Emma would have met Killian if he
0: did that. Because I feel like... The more he kind of fell into a role um, of a parent he would probably leave Neverland and go back to a world where he ages, and he would get, like, older and, like, raise Neil, and I don't know if he would actually end up meeting Emma. But, um, because I don't see see why, if, if he starts prioritizing Neil over getting his revenge, then there's no real reason for him to stay in Neverland anymore.
1: Maybe it could be that he lost... Neil, and then he goes looking for Neil. I don't know. I mean, there's so many possibilities that are, I feel like, more complex and more interesting. And it's just because we can't think of them. They're not easy. But instead, yeah, yeah. they took the easy way out. And here we are with yeah shitty Neil yeah. characters.
0: <laughs> yes, you're right. Um... Oh, yeah, Grumpy looks out for- Grumpy is the only person. We were talking about last episode how no one's looking out for Belle. And Grumpy is the one that, like, he's like, we found a potion that gave uh, Sneezy, whoever it is, his memories back, and I thought maybe Belle could use some. Mm. And I'm like, oh, that's the one person that's, you know, hasn't forgotten about the fact that Belle is living this false life while she gets taken advantage of by the Dark One. Alana.
1: What? What if, what if (laughs) Grumpy is the beast, and beauty, and the beast, and, ki- uh, not it and then Rumpelstiltskin is just an asshole, and Grumpy <laughs> is the true, I mean, I kind of ship it a little bit,
0: I like it better, <laughs> I like
1: it better than Grumpy you didn't and like, Anton, you didn't like,
0: yeah, you didn't like my Grumpy and Anton thing, but this, you're all over, okay, okay, Let's see how it is. I see how it
1: is. I'm just saying, there's a little bit more development here than with Grumpy and Anton. No, no way. Grumpy and Anton have, like, twice the amount
0: of scenes that Belle and Grumpy have had. And he doesn't even talk to Belle in this scene. He's just thinking of her for one second. I think the argument for Grumpy and Anton is much stronger than the argument for Belle and But where's the on-screen Grumpy. chemistry? Between Anton and Grumpy? We've seen it. Oh, no. Yes! They, like, he, like, messes with them with the, the pickaxe and all that shit, and they're, like, getting beers, and... They've been on screen together more than Grumpy Like, Grumpy and Belle have that scene in the tavern in,
1: uh, in the Traded Forest.
0: But and in season five. and Grumpy
1: stuff is better. <laughs> you know what? Ship, ship wars. <laughs> Um,
0: I thought it was interesting how quickly Hook seems to be ready to give up his vengeance, which is why I think this, like, the flashback in this is so good, because I think when Hook starts to help Emma and everybody, people are probably like, why is he so quick to help? But, like, it really does seem like he was just waiting for the right, like, he's just kind of... If he doesn't have something to fight for, then he just falls back on his obsession. So, like, it's just kind of, like, if the right cause interrupts his, you know, grief, that he'll kind of drop it fairly quickly. Because he seems, like, pretty ready to just, like, help Neil and raise him or whatever um, in the flashback. And I'm like, and I I feel like it's kind of like, oh yeah, he's actually, you know, he was ready to do it not even for a romance or for a woman. He was doing it, you know, because he promised Mila and because Neil doesn't have a family and Killian doesn't have a family. and I liked that. I know. Doesn't he just... feel like this, this ship will be your family or something? That always, like, gets me so sad. That whole scene.
1: Mm-hmm. I and do, I'm I do like really hard. like that whole thing, though. Um... There's a. I want to see what you think of this. This is like the end of the episode, so we'll probably have to hop back if you have anything else to say. But, um, right. when Killian comes back with his ship, because I don't have many notes, this is like the only one I like. Um, Gold is like Belle. You have to stay here. I have to make things right, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why does she have to stay here? Yeah. Why? Cause like. There's, there's no reason why you can take Snow White, you can take Emma, you can take Regina, you can even go with your mortal enemy, but you can't take your girlfriend. Like, that's just because you're sexist. Get fucked. I mean, they try and make up for
0: it by being like, well, he's asking her to stay because she's, like, one of the more competent people in town, and she has to, like keep the town safe and everything which i like it okay is guess, true. but you should you, you should you should still give her the option like there should still be a scene in which he's like you know i think you're the person was qualified to protect the town but if you feel like you need to come with us then obviously it's your decision but it's it's more so just like he tells her what she's gonna do um but i mean speaking of that scene since we're talking about it I always think it's so crazy how quickly he lets Rumpel on that ship. I like, know. Like, he's just, like, he doesn't really do anything. He's just, like, fine, I guess. Like, he just lets him on that ship. It's cr- Like, how quickly he does that. It's crazy. Because, like, I-, I wouldn't find any fault if he was like, oh, not you. Fuck off. <laughs> like, like, you can tell us where we're
1: going and we'll go without you. <laughs> <sighs> That's, I mean, I feel like there would be something in Rumple's shop to be like, oh, if I wiggle my ass and snap my fingers <laughs> three times, I'll end up in Neverland.
0: Yeah, like, he get there another way. I mean, like, um, the, the, re- the way he finds Henry, um, he could very easily just tell Emma how to do that because it looks like it's just through, like, um blood relation, so Emma would just need to prick her finger on that thing and they'd be able to find Henry. Um. But the scene that I was really stuck on in this episode was um, the scene in the diner when they're trying to figure out if they should just leave or if they should um, save Regina, where she's down in the mine with the diamond. I told you to pay attention to this up ep- this scene because, like, it was driving me crazy, but I don't know if you did. Um, so this is, this scene was interesting for a few reasons, so, um, there's a lot of really meaningful cutaway shots to Hook when Emma's speaking, so they definitely, like, make a point of allowing us to see that Hook is actually really listening to what she's saying, um, which I really liked, um, but this whole back and forth of, like, is it worth it to, to risk the whole town to save Regina is something I still don't and will never understand. And the fact that Emma asks a really important question, um, because she, her big concern is that she doesn't want Henry to grow up without any family around like she did. And she says that, and then something, like, the town shakes or something happens and no one responds to her very legitimate concern, <laughs> Because you know that she has a really excellent point, and it just kind of gets, like, glossed over, and then they go back to, it's the right thing to do to save her. And, I'm like, why, though? Why is it? Why is it? Th- I will never understand why right. that's the right thing to do. I, like, I, I don't get it. And, like, once again, Snow brings up, you know, what she did to Cora, and she's like, that was the easy path. And they were- and I'm like, okay, was it, though? Like, what else were you gonna do? What were your other options at the time? Like, there's never any alternative solution to what she ended up doing, so that is still fucking annoying, and, like, I was just getting so annoyed, because, once again, we have to waste, like, 15 minutes of a 45-minute show, you know, trying to get us to- that Regina is just as deserving as, as anyone else, and it's like, you know what? No. (laughs) I will never agree on that point, so that scene is really frustrating to me.
1: That is frustrating. I, I mean, I agree. Uh, Yeah, like,
0: I, 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 like, I was watching it trying to figure out, like, what was going on, because so, there's so many different moments in that scene of, like, Emma is making a really good point here. And then there's like, you know, people making Emma feel guilty. And then like Henry, who, you know, while he can say whatever he wants, is still a child. And like once again, it's like, let's let the kid make the really important adult decision. <laughs> um Yeah, that was a very irritating scene. Um Oh, and then Someone has the idea that, I think it might be Snow, about how to save the town from the self-destruct diamond thing that that Regina has. Yeah. Is they're like, oh, what if we could throw it into a portal? And I'm like, this is classic Snow White. Because how do you know that you're not gonna throw the, like, essentially what's a nuclear bomb into a- into another world where there are people living. You don't know where it's gonna go.
1: Do they even talk about that, though?
0: They- they they don't. They- they don't- they just say, oh, we'll just throw it into a portal. They don't say, like, what portal are we gonna throw it into? Can we throw it into a place where there's nothing there? Like, there's no discussion. They're just like, oh, we'll just get rid of it, because it's nothing to do with us. And it's like...
1: Yeah, I don't (laughs) like- I almost feel like they want you to think that, like, it goes off in the portal, and that it just kind of dissolves. Because that's how I interpreted it as, but at the same time... I mean, maybe... I don't know.
0: I mean, to be honest, it makes the whole thing with uh, Maleficent in Season 4 feel more in character, because they clearly made similar decisions in the past with this, if that's the case. Um, so as we get closer to the end of this episode, there was some nice season five foreshadowing, um, which I doubt they even knew what they were gonna do, but I thought it was really great how they're- they're trying to figure out where Greg and Tamara took Henry, and Emma says something like, I'll track them down in hell if I have to, and I had a nice chuckle over that. Aw. Well, that's (laughs) Um, like, um...
1: Like, the the quote that you brought up earlier, are you willing to die, and then they, I guess they're in in reference to, like, Killian's cause, like, that's relevant to season five and season six, because Hook is very willing to die for his family, and so is, so is Emma.
0: Yeah.
1: Ugh. Stress.
0: Yeah, I know, stress. Um, I don't think I have really anything else to say about the finale, um, this is not a good season. I would tell people that if you're re-watching, um, show, you could probably get away with watching, like, the last episode of season two and then just jumping right into season three, because we all know that season three is the best season. Um, I actually might just end up re-watching season three, because I was so looking forward to it. Well, if you do, um, you know who to find... Oh, yeah, I'll text you. If I end up watching it. it, I'll text you. Um, do you have any other comments about this episode? I figured we'd spend a, just a few minutes talking about, um, where else people can find all our, our Stuff. creative content, but, um, do you have any other thoughts about season two for now? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, you won't get to hear about Tessa busting a nut when she watches season three. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so, this has been really fun. I've loved doing this podcast. It taught me a lot. It's really nice, you know, setting aside time to chat with Tessa and make it and feel like I'm creating something, which is very important to me. Um, but if you enjoy our brains and the things that we create, um, We do a bunch of different things, and we're trying to work on coming out with different things. So, um, if you're interested, um, I have a few tumblers. (laughs) So I have my main one, which I'm on the most, which is Starlessness, um, I have a writing blog called Hence the Bravery, which I haven't really been posting on too much recently. Um, And then I have a new uh, blog for Queen of the South, which is the show that I've been more heavily involved in recently. Um, and I'll post a link to that on this post. Um, I'm working on a new podcast with a friend of
1: mine, um, that's feminist related. Ooh, and, um, um is really super awesome. So, look out, look <laughs> out, is really world. She's super awesome. Um, I'm, I'm planning on doing it with a, a friend of
0: mine in real life who is actually, uh, a maid of honor at my wedding. Um, and so we're, we're currently in the process of figuring out how we're going to do that. Um, and when, when there's episodes of that, when we start doing that, I'll definitely post about it. Um, I'm working on a novel, um, and I'll probably post about that on Starlessness. Um, I also on Instagram, um, Starlessness too. I'm working on personal essays. So yeah, I got a lot going on, um, which is part of the reason why we're not going to be doing this, uh, anymore, but if you're interested,
1: that's where the stuff is. Tessa, what what have you what are you working on? Um so I've been running a fairly successful Anne of Green Gables blog, which might seem kind of like niche, but um I really love the books <laughs> and if you've watched Anne with an E, that's a big focus of the blog. So that's under Royal Cordelia, which is a name that Alana actually came up with. Um but otherwise, that's my Tumblr for Anne of Green Gables. But my regular, I guess, Tumblr handle is just called Jump on Wind's Back, and there's like little dashes. Um, and that's just an assortment of feminist things, odd humor, and flowery aesthetic. That's really also all it Anne of the Neat
0: is a really good show. So if people are looking for, and so is Queen of the South for that matter. Like I feel like. <laughs> We were, we were re-watching um, Once Upon a Time while we're also watching shows that are actually really, Queen of the South is probably one of the best, most well-written shows I've ever seen, which, I don't know why I had spent so long not watching it, and With an E is also beautifully written, beautifully shot show, so it was kind of hard to, like, jump from, yeah Once Upon a Time we always we always knew it was kind of bad, but we still, like, enjoyed it and there were good things about it. But we were, like, watching really good television that was m- more good than it was bad, and so having to jump back to Once Upon a Time, it was like,
1: ugh, yeah. Um, but But, like I yeah. mentioned at the beginning, um, when things ease up with Alana and I, and I don't know, I, I do want to do something creative with you eventually. It doesn't have to be this year, it doesn't have to be next year, but eventually. Um, I'm also... Working on a novel, but mo- that's not getting as done as Alana's probably will because I'm still in college. Um, but I, I actually have written a few short stories, which I might find a place to put them because yeah. I wrote them in class. And they're they're not too bad. Um, but, yeah, I don't, because of school and work, I don't do a whole lot creatively, but... So support Alana. Support your... Local redhead, your local Pennsylvania redhead, and your local yeah, I, New York.
0: I told, I, I told Tessa if I would do it, like, more than happy to do another podcast with her, I just, she would have to be the one to spearhead it, because I just got too much that and I'm i can already trying to spearhead, so. Um, and then me and, actually, there was something else, me and, um, me and Ro were, brainstorming doing some kind of, like, long-distance friendship blog about drinking. Oh my gosh. <laughs> which, like, we were still, like, working, we came up with, like, names for it and everything, but we were maybe gonna do that, which honestly sounded like a really fun thing to do, so we might end up doing something like that, but just keep an eye on my Tumblr, because I'll probably always, anything new that I create and publish or post or whatever will we'll make its way there somehow. And then Tessa, who's really supportive, usually reblogs
1: it, which is really nice. Um, oh, another thing, too, is um, if you have enjoyed the last 27 episodes of this shit show, um, <laughs> we will be making sure that that is somewhere where you can uh, re-listen to it. And um, I want to see if I can try to find a way to let you guys download it. But... I don't anticipate that being a huge issue, but, like, people being yeah, like, I mean, how am I gonna listen to Pod Ever after once you all yeah, fall I mean, the face face the planet?
0: <laughs> so, I'm not gonna delete the Tumblr, so the Tumblr will still be there, um, but I won't be logging onto it much at all. Um, it, uh, the, the stuff will probably stay on SoundCloud for the time being, because I'm gonna need a... Um, a place to upload any other podcasting stuff that I do, so the SoundCloud will still be there. Um, If you really need to, I don't know why you would, but if you really need to get in touch with either of us, you can just, you know, message um, us on our personal uh, blogs. Um, But for now, all of the older episodes, including this one, will be on SoundCloud, and they'll be on, and I think SoundCloud, too, I enabled downloading, um... So, yeah. if you do want to, like, you know, keep them, and they'll probably be on the iTunes store, too. Um, I don't see why they'd be deleted off of there, unless I, unless they got deleted off of SoundCloud, or, um, deleted off, uh, iTunes. Um, but, this has been really fun. To so the people who have been listening, thank you for listening. Oh,
1: man, this um, is gonna make me emotional real quick.
0: I'm surprised, I'm surprised that anyone listened, um, but especially, uh, you know, like, Kate and Ro, and you guys really liked it, and I liked how much you liked it, and that was fun. Um, and, yeah, this was great. It was good. I'm glad we I'm glad we did it for as long as we did. It was fun.
1: I know. I think we did it for a little over a year, huh?
0: We did. That's crazy. <laughs> Ugh. Go us. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, sometimes you just gotta... Gonna move I gotta, like, I have too many creative projects. You, you get to a point where you gotta, like, okay, I need to focus on, like, these three things. Um, or it'll never, nothing will
1: ever be completed, so. Reach, wait. Okay. <laughs> um, I guess I should probably say something similar too. With, Um, I really did appreciate everyone who listened. It was fun to occasionally have someone scream at us and be like, Ah, And I guess I didn't realize how much, um, how much shit there was in Once Upon a Time, so this has given me a good opportunity to get closer with Alana, get closer, um, with, I guess, the text of the show, but also hone my critical analysis skills. But, alright, so... As always, we super want to thank all of you for listening to us up to this point. And as always, we hope you live part of a rafter. Aww. Aww. So nice. Bye, everybody. Bye.